tourism for the wine industry is in the country. Mm -hmm. um, so it's agricultural tourism, and uh, traditionally that's the way people have gone around to different wineries to get to know more boutique wineries or craft wineries yes. and uh, try and uh, patronize, um, try their wines and patronize if they like them. Mm -hmm. And that's how many of us, and, um, including Marigus Winery, um, have our business models based on the customer coming to us and uh, or direct shipping to them mm -hmm. um, because we don't make enough wine to distribute it. Uh, that okay. would be another entity entirely. Hey, what's going on? We're here in another conversation of uh, Let's Talk Tourism. And now I have the pleasure of talking with Doug. Doug Margas, he is the owner of this winery, of uh, Margas Winery here in, uh, in it could be um, Culver, Culver, Oregon. It's still in Culver. Yes, we're technically Culver, but... Um, it's kind of in the middle, right? Well, we're a mile from the Terrebonne border. Perfect. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, his history, how they started this uh, winery. Also a little bit about uh, winery in Central Oregon and also how it relates with tourism uh, here in this region. So Doug, I appreciate your time hey, and uh, for doing this conversation and uh, talk a little bit about yourself, like where are you from um, and a little bit about how this winery got started as well. Well, the, the idea of the winery started when I was a kid. Um, mm -hmm. So my family's been in the wine industry a long time. Uh, uh, we still have the same vineyard that we've had for um, hundreds of years, literally, uh, in a place really? called Crete in Greece. It's the big island of Greece. And uh, those techniques mm. my grandparents brought over to the United States uh, and started uh, brokering uh, grapes and making wine commercially in 1941. Wow. And, um, way back, huh? Way back, yeah. Mm -hmm. So in, in those days, the uh, population uh, was dense on the East Coast, much more so than the West Coast. So even though the grapes were coming out of the West Coast in particular, uh, they were, um, mm. my grandmother was based out of Lodi, and then my grandfather was in Ohio, and they would ship the grapes on train cars uh, and process them out there for jug wineries in the East. Right. And uh, that's how um, they got started in the United States, and they also sold grapes to uh, uh, still some of the known wineries uh, in those days, like uh, Mondavi and mm -hmm. uh, Sebastiani and Gallo, et cetera. Um, brokering the grapes to those wineries in California. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, um, all of my grandparents were immigrants, so uh, it was very important for them, for all of us to get educated. So all of us got educated, and I thought they had a pretty decent life and were involved around the uh, wine industry. So mm -hmm. after I was uh, done doing all that uh, on the professional end from, from being educated as much as I could tolerate, um, I went back to what I thought would be a better life mm -hmm. that I witnessed from them, and we started this winery. I started it uh, in 1999, um, apart from the oh, family okay. business. Uh, and uh, it was originally, uh, we were located on the east side of Bend. Uh -huh. And then um, we bought this farm in 2005, where we're sitting right now. Uh -huh. And it's been here since then. I see, I did not know what. What, you, what is it that you studied, if you don't mind? Asking. Law. Nothing, huh? Nothing related to, no, to no. this, huh? Yeah, but I had a lot of science um, in see. college. Uh, I see. Because in those days I was on a different track. But, mm -hmm. um, and I did have some education formally in uh, enology and viticulture, but by far the most that I've learned is from my family. 
I see, yes. Yes, I see even the, the there are several, like, uh, uh, you can say drawings of things of the nature that were made. Is this there, uh, Lovato? That is... Uh, who oh, is Lovato, yes. Yeah, so Lotavo. that's my mother's Lotavo? maiden name, yes. Okay. So she, uh, I used all of her art um, mm -hmm. for um, the labels on the wine I bottles. And, and those in particular that I used, with the exception of just a couple of wines mm -hmm. that are um, more of her fine art, so to speak, but mm -hmm. uh, she was an oil painter, but she did all these fun caricatures in the 50s, mm. and they're all characters of family or, uh, family, or uh, family friends, mm -hmm. and they're funny, and so even though we're making uh, the best wine we can possibly make, uh, and it is taken seriously, I didn't want it to be pretentious, so I thought that would be perfect, plus it made me laugh, so I thought that was a good thing. Yeah, it's a perfect um, touch. Yeah, a well, thanks, touch. yeah, mm -hmm. so that was a concept. Initially, mm -hmm. um, it's interesting, I got a lot of flack from the wine industry for really? putting uh, caricatures on uh, what would be considered serious wine. Mm. Uh, but I stuck it out and now there's really no, no problem with that. <laughs> so you beat it to him. Yeah. That's good, that's, that's, uh, that's very curious. I've never seen kind of those drawings on, on wine and it's good to see that you, you changed them and, and made that uh, effort, you know? Thanks. Um, is this region, because I've, I've been here for two years and this region of Central Oregon Mostly, well, Oregon in itself, but like the Willamette Valley is very focused on wine. Um, is Central Oregon as well? Like, uh, it's um, starting to be. It's um, starting. It's yeah, in the so process, right? We, um, we were the first ones in uh, Central Oregon to have a traditional um, European wine grape vineyard. Oh, I see. Um, so, um, uh, and we were the first ones to have a winery and a vineyard here. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of started that. Now we were the third behind one in the 1800s that ironically was another Greek person um, huh. out of Redmond. And I, I can't find that material, but I have it somewhere. Uh -huh. And then our friends Rita and Al, Al was a retired nuclear physicist, uh, medical mm -hmm. physicist. And uh, he retired and wanted to make wine with his wife Rita. And um, we coexisted with them, but they preceded us in Central Oregon. But before, uh, and they're no longer in existence, obviously the one from the 1800s is no longer around, but um, so we're the, we're the ones that really, well, we're the oldest winery here. Uh, we're also the oldest winery and vineyard here, but um, it, we had to learn quite a bit because being the first vineyard here, mm -hmm. um, you have to figure out what to grow unless you want to just throw some things in the ground that you think are going to grow mm -hmm. uh, for decor. Um, but to really get fine wine uh, that's world-renowned and mm -hmm. um, to find out how to grow it and what to grow, it took about a dozen years of experimentation. And that's what the first block of our vineyard is as you drive in on the right side of the drive. Uh -huh. It's about two and a half acres, and we experimented with, well, actually now just shy of 50 varietals. 50 kinds yeah, of Yeah, to see what to grow, and we moved them around, moved spacing, mm. et cetera, to see how to grow them different pruning, different training styles. Uh -huh. um, now, um, it's much later, That's all that started in 2006, um, nice. and now it's uh, 2022. So um, at this point now, we've taken what we've learned and um, we're planting out uh, different vines in different areas and we've pulled vines from different areas because they weren't working out quite the way we wanted to. Exactly. But the great part is that there are several traditional European varietals that do quite well here. Mm -hmm. Yes, because this region of Central Oregon, well, it's a high desert. Correct. So the humidity is less, the ground is more dry, you know. Which grapes oh. like that. 
Oh, they do. Yeah. Okay. So if you look at the um, the great regions for growing grapes, they all have that, with just a few exceptions in common. Mm -hmm. uh, and our family vineyard in Crete is volcanic sandy loam soil. This is volcanic sandy loam soil. Mm -hmm. They have wet winters and sunny summers. Wet winters, sunny summers. Mm -hmm. They have a diurnal shift between the night and day temperatures mm. here, even a bigger diurnal shift between night and day temperatures. All of those are what makes mm. a place great for growing grapes. So although um, it started late in the idea of growing grapes in an area in the United States, uh -huh. it is certainly suitable for um, excellent, uh, excellent viticulture and, and grape growing. Yes, it's, it's relatively in the same latitude as, uh, as the European parts as well, yeah, could well, be. Well, depending could be on where you're going, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so um, my, my wife's uh, family, they have some vines, uh, a vineyard, a small vineyard in um, Fagania, uh, Italy, which is just oh. on the uh, south side of the Alps. So mm -hmm. um, even though it's southernmost uh, more so, but it gets cold there, you know, et cetera. So the latitude, mm -hmm. I think what you're referring to is potentially uh, how cold or hot it is during a season. Yes. And, um, it is um, then important to experiment to see which grapes fit mm. that particular climate that you're in. So that's what the concept of terroir uh, that the French talk about. Uh, it's everything, you know, it's the dirt, it's the air, it's the, the moisture, etc. But um, when you do that, then you have an idea, well, maybe it grows, for example, in Germany. Maybe it'll grow here because it's not as warm there, etc. But um, mm. then you really have to figure it out by planting the plant and taking a look um, to just do, do it outright might not be a good idea because if you make a mistake then it's quite a, a investment eh? yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's a big investment yeah. I, I can imagine the amount of effort that is undertaken just to keep the business it's a lot of labor it. yeah it's a lot of labor uh, generally because of that i think winers are multi-generational mm. uh, meaning um, it's generally going to go past a first generation of family business to to have it and then pass that first generation uh, is when the family can then be more successful economically because it's kind of difficult in the first generation with all of the outlay of time mm -hmm. and effort to uh, make it turn quickly um, economically um, uh, profitable yes profitable and I, I assume that's that's kind of your goal right what uh, hopefully yeah keep it on to pass it on to your family on. yeah that's the idea and, and grow it and uh, make the brand known, which I, I think is yes. already known in Oregon, but Well, outward. I hope so, but we'll see, you know, right? I mm -hmm. mean, yeah. every day is a new day, but uh, we mm -hmm. have had very good fortune and we have been accepted. Our, our wines have done well, very well in uh, competition. And mm -hmm. uh, now pretty much the only place where we compete is in San Francisco at the Chronicle competition, because it's the biggest one in the world for American wines. And, um, this past year was a banner year. We took home 11 medals, including four gold medals, et cetera. So I mean, it was, that was good, that's huh? a good uh, standing <laughs> for us, I would think, for anybody. But of course. Um, it also um, is great in that it establishes whether you're on the right page or not mm -hmm. and um, whether you're going to be accepted by the, um, the critical community of the wine industry, you know, uh, the wine critics. And then what follows then, of course, we hope and, and has been, mm -hmm. are the people that love to drink wine and they come and then patronize your establishment so you can pass it exactly. on because without those patrons we have a slight issue exactly uh, yeah. demand and then it's good that you mentioned that because uh, well, i wanted to focus that on um, regarding uh, tourism yeah. which i think is a is a i think a big part of the people who visit your winery sure. and consume 
your wine. How, how do you think that uh, tourism was back then when you started in the 90s and how it is currently here in, in Central Oregon? Well, it's much different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, back, the place has changed so much. Central I'm Oregon, it, the whole, all of Central Oregon has changed. Mm -hmm. um, and there's much more um, influx of tourism mm -hmm. now than there has been in the past, and it's incrementally grown. I don't know what the exact statistics are, but um, you can tell by the traffic on the road, which we're right off of Highway 97, which is a two-lane highway. I mean, yes. it's interesting out west, we call those highways. In the eastern part of the country, they would not call it a highway. Just uh, roads, huh? <laughs> yeah. With driveways every, you know, 500 feet. It's mm -hmm. it's uh, interesting, but at the same time, when you see all that traffic, we then do get tourism off of that road. Mm -hmm. um, let alone from people that you know go on the internet and say, you know, what are the wineries in Central Oregon, and then they visit and tour them that way. So mm -hmm. um, generally, um, except for tasting rooms that are located in cities, but not with the winery. Um, tourism for the wine industry is in the country. Mm -hmm. um, so it's agricultural tourism and uh, traditionally that's the way people have gone around to different wineries to get to know more boutique wineries or craft wineries yes. and uh, try and uh, patronize um, try their wines and patronize if they like them. Mm -hmm. And that's how many of us, and, um, including Marigus Winery, uh, have our business models based on the customer coming to us and uh, or direct shipping to them mm -hmm. um, because we don't make enough wine to distribute it. Uh, that okay. would be another entity entirely. And you need more capacity, it's more, more Correct. people, more labor, more, more yeah, things. Yeah, right? and also, Filippo, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, um, you can only get to a certain capacity when you leave the realm of craft wine. Exactly. Um, so mm -hmm. it will always stay um, somewhat limited. You can grow to a certain extent, which we will, but not to the point where it's not still hands-on. And then it will lose quality and, you know, I get it. And I wanted to ask, uh, is there anything that you noticed that um, recently with the influx of more tourists, more residents, that could be uh, improved regarding uh, tourism here in Central Oregon or even as a community as well? You know, mm -hmm. um, that's a good question. I, uh -huh. The striking thing that comes to mind first is... Um, I already mentioned the highway aspect and infrastructure. Uh, it's not really, um, forgive me, ODOT, but it's not well done. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite dangerous, uh, unfortunately, for some folks. Uh, when the traffic gets heavy, um, to pull out and onto the highway can be a little daunting. So that would definitely improve things. Mm. As far as the community is concerned, um, I really don't know. I mean, I think, um, you know, we're that might be more behooven on us to let them know that we're here mm -hmm. to a certain extent. It is such that in uh, craft wineries, uh, smaller budgets because smaller uh, uh, goods, uh, quantity of goods. So we don't have the marketing uh, funding mm -hmm. that the larger industrial wineries would have to market and get the word out. So um, community involvement such as, you know, the, the, um, the city or the tourist agencies here yes, I was uh, paying attention to us is mm -hmm. certainly helpful. And, they have um, they have done they have reached out to you, for example, yeah. visit Redmond, visit Bend. Yeah, they, they have, have they have yes. collaborated with you. Yeah, and that's that's, that's helpful. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I I don't know. I mean, maybe you can enlighten me on that. I'm I'm definitely not a marketer. I, I no, can no, make no. the wine, but <laughs> on that aspect, I'm a little bit behind the uh, starting line. Yeah, no, it's it's a very complex. Um, 
topic, of course, uh, how to make yourselves uh, stand out, especially now in this digital age, as everything has become so much complex as well. But, yeah. um, but I think, like, like I said, like tourism is a big aspect who, which benefits your brand as well. Well, and I think, too, if people do make the venture out to mm -hmm. come to some of these wineries, including ourselves, you'll find that there is a uniqueness to uh, mm -hmm. the wine. So, for example, I don't know of any winery in the United States that follows the methodology that we do. Mm -hmm. um, so the extensive um, barrel aging in a dry environment, and I mean extensive, multiple years. Mm -hmm. um, and um, natural winemaking, which for us is just four ingredients, which is grapes, yeast, bacteria, and sulfur. And a lot of folks say, well, sulfur, but mm -hmm. sulfur's been around for millennia, you know, and uh, uh, by far the majority of the winemaking world considers it organic, even though the United States doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, we do not do the things uh, uh, that are permitted in the United States, however, that most wineries do, however, do, which is um, there are several 70-plus um, things that you can add to wine that aren't on the label uh, oh, to alter the flavor or the texture, et cetera, of the wine mm -hmm. to make it more palatable. We don't do those things. Mm -hmm. um, so then, therefore, when you come to wineries such as ours, um, and it may be something that you find very enlightening and very um, worthwhile and limited and unique that uh, you want a part of, exactly. be a part of. And that's mm -hmm. why we have a wine club and it's the base of our wood business model is between our wine club that people continually get a shipment of wine from us and they get to select which wines they like, mm -hmm. or they drive in and they say, well, you know, let's try the wines today. You know, people off the highway or people in Central Oregon or people visiting from California or, or Washington mm -hmm. or wherever. And um, that, all of that together is our, um, our economic model. Exactly, yes. So I wanted to ask you this. Do you think that um, tourism um, in the long run could be a good thing or can also have its uh, consequences as well uh, regarding you know, tourism development or city development or I don't know. social a, tensions, things of that nature? I don't think so. You don't think yeah, so? I don't okay. think there'll be any tensions because, again, we're in the country and, mm -hmm. you know, the nearest house to us is a quarter mile away. You know, yes. it's, that's, yeah, it's, just, mm -hmm. it's a farm, right? Everybody's got land. Yeah. Um, and um, wineries in particular are pretty, um, they're good for farming, they're good for the community. We're not a nighttime venue, you know, so, mm -hmm. um, and um, it really doesn't do much to uh, bottleneck anything of that nature, like if that would be a controversial thing. Okay. And um, it's, it's a very beautiful thing. And mm -hmm. we're also organic, so it's a very healthy thing uh, mm -hmm. for, uh, for, for our neighbors as well as ourselves. I mean, you can visit here and walk on the lawn, uh, which, um, is organic so you feel free to take your shoes off and walk around you're not going to get um, you know poisoned by some chemical that was needed to keep weeds out for example um, so all of that and and you can maintain a beauty mm -hmm. it's a lot of labor to pull the weeds by hand but um, the ultimate the point. end of it is mm -hmm. uh, a very healthier uh, place to go as well as the grapes are are as healthy as you're gonna grow grapes uh, mm -hmm. to consume uh, whether it's wine or in a table grape. Exactly. Uh, and so that's what we follow, what we believe in. I see. That's, that's really good. And that's why people are willing to come from far away places for a certain spot because of its uh, organic essence, you can say, right? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, the quality of the wine, the healthy nature of the wine being organic, mm -hmm. the healthy nature of the farm being organic, mm -hmm. and um, just hopefully outstanding wine. Exactly. And I wanted to ask, uh, what do you think is the future for for wine for for wineries here in Central Oregon? Are you, you know you mentioned that more are sprouting. Um, yes. Are they becoming like a kind of organic, or are they becoming a little bit more? Not uh, yet. Industrial or uh, Well, they're, they're smaller but not organic. Um, nice. And they're not really doing the experimenting mm -hmm. that I would think would be benefit them. But again, mm -hmm. I understand it takes a lot of years to do the experiment on your farm to see mm -hmm. what is the best grape to grow for fine wine. You can plant whatever you like. You know, it's, it might be a safe bet. Um, for example, grapes that grow in the Midwest. I've heard a lot mm -hmm. of uh, vineyards doing that, but it's not going to produce what most people are going to purchase um, exactly. or, or what you find in a store. So if you take the time, and I think wineries that are kind of going to come here and vineyard owners that are going to come here, the next generation subsequent to us will take that time to do it because I think the economic model would be more for producing fine wine on an economic scale as opposed to uh, decorative um, vineyards or mm -hmm. um, small vineyards just to live out a, a retirement dream. Um, so that's a mm. different dynamic if, if you get companies coming in here that want to make um, profits for themselves or their investors um, to, um, to make wine that would compete on a world-class level. Mm -hmm. That is a really good point. Hopefully that turns out how it, how it is because there's still a lot of opportunity. I noticed in this space there's not a lot. There is. A winery, so that's going to be an open space, or even for you to to open up uh, your your market as well. No question, and also mm -hmm. with climate, um, the climate changing, which indisputably is changing. Whether or not you argue mm -hmm. about the the reasons for the change, okay, but it is changing. It is. And um, uh, with that, um, this area is a pretty prime area for growing grapes. You're not going to find much better. Mm -hmm. It is. It's. Uh, it's a curious dynamic that I notice here in Central Oregon because I've been very once or twice to Willamette or I just seen online. Yes. And they have more of a focus there. But I think here is like where it's going to be. Yeah? It's, it's going to be, be up and coming yep. for sure. It so is hopefully, up and coming, yes. So hopefully we get to be there. Not on Willamette. That's right, that always. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Doug, I really appreciate your time. Oh, thanks, um, Felipe. Yeah, if, uh, if you as well, thank you for watching the video. If you ever decide to come here to Oregon, please definitely uh, stop by here at Marga's Winery. Uh, Doug, please tell us any uh, contact information of where they can reach out either to buy wine or to make a reservation or, or for a wedding. Sure. What, what contact information um, do you have? Well, you can go online at mm -hmm. marigaswinery.com. It's all one word, M-A-R-A-G-A-S, as in Sam, winery.com. <laughs> or you can call, uh, but if you go online, you'll get the phone number there. Uh, Perfect. And, um, we're open daily in the summer, and there's more limited hours, but we are open in the winter um, as mm -hmm. well, weekly. Uh, and um, daytime is, is our time, mm -hmm. uh, with just a few exceptions. And we'd welcome you to come and see what we're doing out here. Yes. Try the wine, and you can also come here and where we're sitting right now. You can mm -hmm. share a bottle of wine with, uh, with your friends or family and um, uh, during the holidays, it's a nice time to come out because it's all decorated for the holidays, etc. I bet, and it's a good season now. It's coming. Uh, it's coming. Thanksgiving, winter, yep. December, you know. Here. And winemaking. So, 
We're right I on bet. the Tuspo harvest. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're weeks away. So hopefully you also get to uh, show that process as well, because I think they'll be pretty interested in yeah. that, you know? Yeah, definitely it's going to happen. I will. And, uh, we welcome people to come and watch. It's not a big deal for definitely. us. So, Doug, thank you again for your time. And uh, thank you for watching, and we'll see you on the, on the next video. All right. Take thank care. you, Filippo. Cheers.